Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Hall from Twickenham. Um, as ever, it's a Sunday night and as ever, it's raining. It seems to be the way it is every single week. But we did have a lot of cricket yesterday when the weather was much better. So really pleased to be here to talk uh, through that with Sal Ali from North London. Hi, Sal. How are you? And well done. Yeah, good to be back on again. Looking forward to another podcast with lots of interesting matches played yesterday. So lots to talk about as usual. Absolutely. Were you on par yesterday? I was, yeah. We were away at Tellington Freeze, who, who actually played some good cricket and beat us by, I think, um, was it around 30 runs in the end. Decent okay. game. Yeah, some good... Well, strong side, Tellington Freeze, aren't they? That level, yeah, they had a couple of season campaigners and some couple of good young cricketers who, who I think could be you know, useful in a couple of years' time, so... A good game, played in a good spirit, that's the main thing. Fantastic. I should say, normally Eugene Berger is in the background, as, as, as regular listeners might know, uh, my, my colleague from Twickenham. Um, but, but Eugene's had a busy weekend. He, he, well, he managed 22 overs yesterday. We played together in the thirds. 22 overs, 13 maidens, not too bad. Uh, four for 14. Um, but he, even though he has a one-yard run-up, um, he, he, I could see as the night wore on, he was slowing down. So, so well bowled huge, but he's, I think he's uh, probably still in the bath even now, um, recovering from his 22-over spell. Um, so Huge isn't with us, but really pleased to, to um, welcome a podcast debutante, Steph Reingold from Stanmore. How are you, Steph? You well? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on board. Great to um, great to have you here, and great to hear. Well, hopefully, a little bit more about um, about the world at Stanmore. I was, I was going to kick off. We, we spent a lot of time talking about Stanmore recently because you, you've had a you know a really good start to the season, and uh, and, and the club seems to be in quite a, a good place. Um, I guess that's the way you see it too, right? Uh, yep. Yes. In general. In general, no. In general, it does. It, it feels like a really happy place at the moment. Um, you know, we, we're winning some, we're losing some. When I say a happy place, I suppose I, I see it across the whole perspective, kind of from the under-10s all the way through to the first team. That's my, that's my view of it. Um, but, yeah, everybody seems really happy and um, a happy place to be. Super. And I was going to ask you about your role, Steph, because you, you've, you're, you're there with many hats, right, in Stanmore and beyond. So can, can you talk to us about those uh, a little bit? Um, yeah. So... I think at Stanmore, you see me from kind of a first team, you know, in a senior cricket perspective. But my main role always has been kind of as the Colts manager and looking after all the junior teams. Um, Which takes some doing, to be fair. Anyone who's been involved with junior cricket knows that is not a task to be taken lightly. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I, lo- I love the kids and a big part of what we do with the juniors is trying to develop them for our senior club trying to move them into our senior club. That's something that we kind of actively decided that we would do maybe, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. Um, and for the, and we ju- we starting this weekend in particular, you know, I really feel last weekend as well, really feel that we're starting to see our kids coming through into the adult teams, um, which is really satisfying. Um, and then of course I do the teas and I, and I help out with the admin for the senior club, which is, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, well, it's a considerable amount of work. And, um, I mean, it's certainly with, with the juniors, I, I noticed that. There's a lot of juniors come through the ranks at, at Stanmore. Um, you know, all decent cricketers and all play the game in more or less the right way, from what I can tell, my experiences of playing against them. So, so that, that's a fantastic, um, a, a fantastic achievement, really, that often can go sort of un, unnoticed. But um, I think those of us who have been around a little bit, um, we, we certainly do. In terms of the teams, there was a rumour going around not so long ago, Steph, that, that Travis Norris was attracted to the club because of um, the food that you were providing. <laughs> can, can you say anything to this? Or no comment? No. The will be in. <laughs> no comment. 
no comment. Fair enough. That's that's true then, sir. Yeah, I reckon there's got to be evidence there. Um, great. So, and in terms of the county league, you, you have a role with the MCCL as well, right? Uh, with the MCCL, yes, I'm on the com- I'm on the MCCL committee as the chair of discipline. So, that sounds like a fun role. Well, I think when they first approached me to do it, I felt I felt honoured in a way that I'd been asked. But I kind of do understand as well that it ticks a certain amount of boxes as well, being a woman you know, on the committee that fills a role, but I was kind of happy to be on the committee in that role as well. Um, I didn't realise, I don't think at the time, how involved it would make me in MCCL decisions and how much more I would need to think about the MCCL than just disciplinary things. Um, But I've learned a lot and it's really interesting. I don't think people realise how much the rest of the committee actually do for the MCCL and how much knowledge they've got an understanding of you know how it all how it all works, especially now with the championship coming into the um, seventy six clubs now. That's, yeah, that's a lot of clubs. It's huge. There are a lot of people doing a lot of work every day. You know, ad, real admin work just to get all of that happening. So um, it's nice. I'm pleased to be involved. I'm, I'm pleased to be part of that. No, I think that's a very fair comment. And I, I you know, I've had just differences of opinion with, with, with Nick Brown and with Bob, but you know, these guys put themselves forward and run the league. And given the complexities that are involved, you know, people have to remember that that's a, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of difficult thinking as well. Yeah. So this, this stuff's not, not always straightforward to deal with. So I think totally the, challenge, the challenge is just being consistent all the time. That's, yeah. that's the challenge, really. Um, and I suppose that the more people you've got from different walks of life, the more consistent you can try and be because you just get different angles looking at it, you know, different eyes looking at different situations. So I, I must say, I, I, Keir, Keir's got so much knowledge and um, yeah. um, background to the league. So um, you think you know everything and then you meet these people and they know so much more than you don't. And I, Oh, yes, I, I, absolutely. I know, I know where you're coming from there. And, and what about your own personal background? Now, we can probably hear a South African twang there, right? Yeah. So how long have you been in the UK? We've been here for 20 years. 20 years, like, wow. 21, yeah. actually. Yeah, 21. Yeah. And where were you from in the, in, in SA? Uh, from Cape Town. Cape Town, nice part of the world. Lovely, yes. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. So we came yeah. to live here and joined Stanmore. In fact, we joined Stanmore because... Um, in Cape Town, Mark played at Greenpoint Cricket Club and Ali Fraser had played there as an overseas player. Right. And when we moved to Stanmore, Mark had played at Wanstead as an overseas player for a couple yeah. of years. And I'd come with him as, as an, when he was the overseas player when we were much younger. Um, when we moved to Edgware, um, he knew that Ali was kind of up the road at Stanmore and he went, he went up to Stanmore and started in the third team and there you go. And here we are, yeah. Mm-hmm. And certainly in terms of Cape Town, I know Twickenham CC went there 18 months ago on tour, mm-hmm. and um, it was just before COVID hit, so we, yeah. little did we know at the time that, you know, a fair few of us have not been out of the country since then. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, there, there were lots of people who, who were already planning to go back, wonderful part, part of the world. Yeah. And it just goes to show how, how Stanmore struck lucky in a way, isn't it? You know, these, these things can happen. People turn up and they soon become pillars of the community. It's great. Now, I grew up in a... I don't. My dad was a rugby player. We grew up at the rugby club. I thought that was normal, you know. That that in yeah. South Africa families do, you know. Mark played football. We all went to watch football. His dad, yeah. his his parents would be there. His sister would be, there, you know. Everybody, it's it's a family thing. I I just thought mm. that was normal. So, you know, we brought our kids up at the cricket club because, to to me, that was just what you do. Like, yeah. I thought that's what everybody did. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a very quick story. A couple of weeks ago, I. I 
was playing football on Thursday night with my, my friends, and it just goes to how rugby's not not in, in the DNA of some of us Brits. Um, and I was playing football with a guy called Bob, who's a really nice guy, South African dude, and, and uh, just chatting to him about what he was doing in the UK. And he said, oh, I played a bit of rugby, and he's called, I don't know, Bob Skinstat? Oh yeah, Bobby Skinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, and I was like, "All oh, right, nice, Bob. That's great. Are we any good at rugby?" He said, "Yeah, one bad. Yeah." <laughs> he was the captain of the Western Province team, I think, or even yeah, he, he must have played in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, forty odd caps for the Springboks. So I sort of quickly yeah. got home and went on Wikipedia and tried to make sure I didn't myself look, make myself look any more daft. <laughs> anyway, enough of such things. We'll get back to Stanmore in a minute. But well, first of all, Sal, what happened in the top flight on Saturday? What do we need to know? Well, we know that it's one side who are runaway leaders at the moment, Crouch End. Yeah. Second time they've posted over 300 a season, so that's, that's you know, some feat in itself. But um, actually, this time it was, it was quite rare in terms of no one actually got 100 in such a big total. Three players scored over 50. One of them, Sundan Diaz, actually was dropped when he was on 10. I was told to by Will Phillips, and Will was saying that they dropped six six catches, which obviously didn't help their, their cause yesterday um, yeah. in, in helping Crouch End get to their total. And then again, it was a, a case of trial by spin. Of the 50 overs they received back, 41 were bowled by spin bowlers. Wills actually scored 74, good knock from him, but not much real support from the rest of the side. Um, and then, I mean, this shows how strong Sepp Crouch and squad is there. The guy playing yesterday, Chetan Dipalo, who's not played much this year in the ones, comes on sort of fourth change and take five for 17. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, then. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you're playing against second base side in the league. You know, you've got a guy who can come and do that. So, just shows how how having I mentioned this last week with the Bush how having depth in your in your in your side is, is a big big factor this season. You know you're yeah. gonna have players injured etc. Taking you know, taking days off and weekends off. So they've got a squad that can cope for any kind of situation. And you know as I said he stepped in and and got them to where they need to get to. And I'm gonna sort of throw my hat out there now. Obviously I predicted North Mid begin season, but I think Crouch are gonna win it now. Um, I just I just feel with the points they've got at the moment. I've actually looked at some stats today and normally. To win the title in the, in the in the current format of a split season, twelve wins gets you the title. So if we're if we're looking at that as a benchmark, they've won seven games this year. Mm. They've lost mm. four home games in the last four seasons. So they've got oh, four games. That Records are there to be beaten. They still got to play one team yeah. twice, you know. Yeah, I know, but they've got four games to come at home where yeah. they'll fancy chances. And totally. I just think you know the lead they have at the moment, the personnel within their ranks as well. You know they're they're confident side. They're you know they're, they're unbeaten. So you know it's a matter who can beat them. I just feel they're going to be too strong. Having seventy points so far out of, from eight games is is a, is a great return. And as I said, I think five or six more wins could could see them. Could you do know, it. Yeah. So it's a matter of who can catch them. And we've talked, you know with sides beating showers all week in week out, it probably helps their cause. You know because no one's yeah. actually really able to make a mark and trying to catch them. But we do have sides who are trying, and one of them is Shepherds Bush, who uh, low scoring game against Bronsby. Bronsby, um, all you thought it was in the game when they bowled him out for 1 3 4. Nine Doshi picking up six for, but it was Blofeld Jr. who stole the show this week, taking seven for 20, as Bronsby's batting frailties again showed up, being bobbed out for 76. And I'm sure it's a mention, you know, we mentioned it week in, week out. It's an area they need to address if they want well, to. I'm sure turning his hair out. Yeah, because they yeah. really struggle, aren't they, to put runs on the board? Yeah, a lot of injuries, but um, even then, you know, they 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 struggle to get a hundred quite frequently. Yeah, and you know, if you can't, you know, if you can't put a total on the board or, or chase a total down, you're obviously you're not going to win many games, are you? You're going to find it really, really difficult. Um, the game I was kind of keeping an eye on yesterday while I was umpiring. So I was actually doing my best to umpire my game, but obviously at, at Bushy Park, you've got the pitch next door, so 
telling mm-hmm. to him playing North Middlesex, and I was sort of trying to keep an eye on both games, obviously, while I was doing my duties. And um, a good win for North Middlesex. We actually were missing a few players, but still showed again, you know, makes the point of having a strong squad. They um, bowled out 10 for, for quite a cheap total, but from what I gathered, the wicket wasn't, you know, the easiest to bat on. So at 120 odd, I think 10 to 40 was in the game. But, you know, a guy who's, you know, who's, you know, just a class act, Evan Flowers. You know, I was watching him bat. He just made it look like he was on a different ground or a different wicket. You know, just punching balls everywhere, and yep. he's a class act. You know, um, and he got them got them home by five wickets. And also, obviously, having Ethan Bamber in your side does help. He took four for wicket, four for forty-one. It was, and then when you first change bowlers, Joel Hughes come back from injury, yeah. and he's bowling. You know, three for fourteen off eleven over eleven overs. You kind of like you know you're in the game, aren't you? You got those two guys Decent, coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, Joel's still not fully fit by the looks of it, but, you know, the guys, again, he's, 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 he's proven how good he is in the past and he's still top performer. As I said, 3 for 14 off 11 overs is, is not a bad return, is it? Um, Ealing Hampstead, Ealing, uh, they've got back on the winning trail. Well, aided by having Robbie White in their side yesterday, who chipped in a 20-odd, um, bowled him out, Hampstead with 2 2 3. Dan Waite, top score for Hampstead with 49. Christian Martin, he's having a good season, yes. captain of Ealing. He's now taken over 200 wickets in the league, so well done to Christian on, on that milestone. Took four foot four wickets, and then uh, the guy they promoted in the early in the season, Tom Shaw, who's actually now developed into a very good opening batsman for Reading. He hit 70. Another guy who's been around quite a few was actually played at Stanmore, Ahmed Elich. Um, he 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 scored 76, and as I said, Robbie White came in at the end with a little cameo to see uh, to see their guys home, and then finally uh, Twickenham. Good win for you guys. It was a bit of a late one. Seven yeah. balls left in the game from what I gather, but I kind of sensed when I kept checking the scorecards, kind of think it was a case of when rather than if. You know, I just feel, you know, obviously Don's in form, hit 100, which is really good to see because I think that's something he's lacked in the past. Yeah. Getting hundreds, you know, he's a very good cricketer. And I'm sure he'd admit, you know, he wants to push on and become the kind of player who scores three, four centuries a season in the league. He's more yeah. than capable of doing that. And great to see Carlos in some runs, you know, he's the guy's taken so much burden within your club and as a captain, he's a, yeah. you know, he's a real club man and, you know, I'm sure he walks away every week when he hasn't scored runs and thinks about his game. So, really good to see him in some runs and it wasn't hanging around with a quick 90 off, I think, 60-odd balls. Yep. Um, and then it was the turn of your spinners, but it wasn't the turn of your uh, your main man, Mr. Panasar. Obviously, Palmin is trying to say, hold on a minute, I've been around here a few years, I'm going to show you what I can do. So, he... <laughs> He took a fourfer. Um, young George Taylor Yates for three inches scored fifty-seven, but again, seventy-eight run win sort of tells a picture, doesn't it? Really, of, of Finchley's woes and good win for you guys, which sets up next week's King of Spin battle at the Green, I think, um, which will be a fascinating game. I think it's uh, what I'm really looking forward to because I just feel, you know, your guys are the kind of team on their day that can can you know jack and high performances, and I feel you know if you oh, turn right. up, I said it before, like, we'll, we'll either win against Crouch and we'll get beat by 150 runs. I, I can't see too much in the middle. We'll, we'll either turn up and it'll be a uh, you know we'll, we'll really sort of play the game, or, or we'll struggle. And um, yeah, um, we've done I think you're both similar how you play though. You both got attacking players up top yeah. in the in the batting order, and you got both have got two very good spin bowlers. Obviously, actually, you know you've got part, you've got um, Monty and they've got Apps, you know who are their main men, but you've got the backup cast of like. Parminder and they've got Natim and obviously Chetan who I mentioned today. So it's going to yeah. be a fascinating game next week. I really feel um, you guys going. I think you got a chance. Uh, I think it would just be dependent on who plays the spin the best and comes out yeah, on top. I think we interesting. I mean, Parminder. I think I've said to you before. He doesn't have a six pack. He has a barrel. Um, yeah. He's invested hard in that over the years. But 
he's got a beautiful bowling action and he bowled, I can't remember the things off the top of my head, but 20, 20 odd overs for 35 maybe. Or 39, uh, I think that's all, yeah. 39, yeah, that sounds about right. So he's, yeah, he's got a loop. He's still someone to take take quite seriously. Um, my worry against Craig End on Saturday will be about the runs. Can we score enough runs? And it's, you know, we've had a couple of people now clearly in decent nick. So, fingers crossed, it'll be, um, yeah, it'll be a decent game of cricket. I think the toss will also be important. I think both sides will want to bat first. Um, I think, I think right. the weekend yeah. is quite sort of, you know, I think the, I haven't seen the forecast this week, but um, I just feel both sides will want to get the 12 point win. And also, I think both sides play better when they're exerting pressure on sides when they're, when they're bowling. I mean, you know, I was watching some of the crowd shed footage yesterday, and they had like four or five men around the bat from early on. And when you've got that in situations, you know, putting players under pressure, it's not easy batting, is it, in, in, yep. in them situations? I saw as well with Crouch Sam and Diaz scored a, an 18 ball 50. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, he. We'll have to get Paul Smith on the case here. Has anyone scored a quicker 50? I suppose it's difficult to know, isn't it? Because not the balls don't always get registered. But there aren't really too many more quicker 50s than that. That's, that, that's going some. Well, that'll be Neville versus Sander next week, won't it? Another interesting sort of battle. <laughs> yeah. you know, who can score runs quickest? Yeah, I'm worried about our insurance claims on the green every time Neville Talbot goes out to bat the way he bats. But, um, but yeah, we will see. We, we will see. Um, so, so table-wise, can I change the overall game in front? Is that right? Yeah, from what I go, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get it up on my screen. But yeah, they, I mean they're they're in, a, they're in a strong position at the moment, as I said, with, with the tally of points they have, seventy points. I think Bush are behind on fifty-five, so it's almost one win ahead, yeah. which you know is, is massive, isn't it? And again, I'm not going to you know mock their chances, but you know you, they must fancy the chances against some of the sides towards the bottom of the table in in the return games again. So the yeah. kind of games yeah. you might be thinking. Points not in the bag, obviously, but the kind of points they're thinking, OK, yeah. we can look at these games. Where we're prevailing, obviously, that, you know, we've got a chance of picking up another sort of 20, 30 points yeah. for, you know, even Baton Island, really. Yeah. One final point on the, on the top flight, though, I, I know she made that. I think a few sides this weekend had real availability issues. I know North Middlesex did all the way down. I, I played in our thirds against North Middlesex, and they were definitely a bit under par. Um, I know Hampstead did. Hampstead was saying this on Instagram. They were, they were talking us through some of the injuries and the unavailabilities they had. And it seems to me that the initial surge of interest in terms of, you know, we, we were getting six sides out. We didn't do that this week. I think it may be dipping a bit. Is that the same as Stanmore, Steph? Have you got as many senior players as you had five weeks ago? Or... Um, or, or, or uh, numbers dipping when holidays come in and all the rest of it? No, the numbers have been really low this weekend, especially. Ah, same again then. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. And do you know why? Is it, is it anything in particular? It doesn't feel like it's the same thing. Everybody just seems to have something different, um, different reasons. But the availabilities this weekend was awful compared to a few weeks ago. Oh, interesting. It's definitely this is definitely a thing then because yeah. I know Hampstead and North Mid were, were, were really struggling to not to get sides out, but they weren't very happy with the you know the, the sides that they ended up ultimately fielding. So yeah. perhaps it's just one of those weekends. It might have been due to the fact the original lockdown or the original restrictions were supposed to end twenty second of June, was it? So he may plan stuff this weekend on the basis of that. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. So I think you're right actually because yeah. people have started making arrangements with family and friends and going out and doing things which they haven't maybe been able to do up until now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds entirely plausible. Mm. Um, moving into Division 1, Steph, when we, we didn't normally talk about Stanmore on a, on a Sunday. We're recording a Sunday evening, having won the day before. Yes. Going to have to be a different narrative this week. What, what happened? It looks like a great game of cricket against Acton. And, of course, Stanmore is still top. But, um, but it didn't quite go to plan, right? No, it didn't go to plan. I, don't, I mean, you think, what did we score? 248? There was a point in the game where we felt like, well, I felt like we weren't even going to get 200. And then um, 
um, Abby Shake came in and he had 58, I think, really quick 58. Yep. Um, put on a partnership with one of our youngsters who made his first team debut um, <clears throat> um, due to the shortage of senior players. And they did really well. I think they put on 70 something between the two of them at the end. All of a sudden, we were on 248. Yep. Um, and you would have thought that that would be a score that you could defend. Uh, and it looks like a decent declaration. I think I think the declaration was made after 53, which 53. feels about right, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I know there was a lot of talk. I can't really work it out sometimes. There was a lot of talk about, you know, the winning draw and the losing draw and declaring after yeah. the overs taking the winning draw out of it. But um, I suppose you try and back yourself. We, we bowled, I think we bowled teams up, two teams out already this season, kind of batting first and then bowling them out. We bowled Harrison Mary's out and I can't remember who the other one was. I, I can't remember. Um, so maybe they thought that they could do that. Listen, whatever you hear from me is, is hearsay because um, <laughs> I wasn't on the field. But um, you would have thought, but I mean, their guys batted really well. They batted really well and maybe we didn't bowl as well. Um, I think sometimes, I mean, Acton are one of the sides that are going to be there or thereabouts. It's sort of a little mini league at the top of Division mm. One now, isn't there? With with Stan Moore and Acton, Harris and Marys are up there, and um, I, I think on a given day, games swing as well. I mean, yeah. certainly I spoke to Sahil Kerr um, from Acton earlier today, and he said for a long period of the game they were looking at a winning draw target, yeah. and thinking, can we get it? And then mm. he sort of said, we, we suddenly started batting pretty well, and before we knew it, we were in a in a good position. And that's the way it goes, isn't it? Mm. It does swing in roundabouts sometimes. And sometimes you have to almost be prepared to lose to win. Yeah. But then, but then you do lose. You know, if you do lose, you've got to accept that as well. So yeah. that might have been part of it as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the point system is, is really good in that regard. It encourages you to gamble. You know, it encourages yeah. you to really go for it. And so, it, sometimes you won't. You won't yeah. come off. But when it does, it's better to win one and lose one than it is to draw two. Yeah. And the point system rewards you yeah, for, for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what did you make of Division One this weekend? Anything else catch your eye? Well, obviously, that that result was, I mean, interesting, wasn't it? Up, yeah, it's an upset, but obviously, we know Acton are a good side as well. But I'm going to mention Steve Merrow. He's a, he's a great guy. He's been a Stanmore guy for a few years. And he's a lovely bloke as well. Um, he hit 79 to say for Stanmore. Yeah. So I'm yeah. happy to see him in some runs because he's a, you know, he's, a, he's one of the good guys in the league. So, yeah. well done, Steve. Um, and obviously, James O'Neill mentioned for him for Acton, who, who hit 100. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it sounds obviously a great game, and you know. Um, Stanmore playing a positive cricket, acting similar. And, you know, I think cricket probably was a winner on the day if he and was I, a neutral in some ways. I must say for the people, if I can just butt in, the pe for the people who actually spent the day there, it was actually a really enjoyable day. You know, they, I, I, I said to Sahil at the end, his guys were lovely to have. It doesn't always happen like that. You know, it's not sure. always like that. But, you know, for me, because I spent my day in the clubhouse and around the clubhouse and the pleases and thank yous and the appreciation for what you do and everything does all add up, you know. Um, and they were, they were a really lovely bunch to have and there was a really good atmosphere the whole day. You kind of walk away from the day feeling like that was, you know, that was a good game of cricket and I enjoyed being part of it. So, yep. um, yeah, we, it would have been nice to have had some points from it, but... It's still 12 hours of your life well spent, isn't it? Big it's 12 hours of your life well spent. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yep. They were, they were a lovely bunch and um, it was a good game of cricket, so... Super. Well, that's always good to hear. And, and as you say, it's not always like that, is it? So it's, it's nice to hear no. positive stories. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you about the bad ones. I'll only tell you about the good ones. Particularly when you're head of a county league disciplinary committee. I'm sure you do hear bits and bobs. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. And elsewhere, Sal, what else did you pick up? So um, on the tales of Stanmore, Harris St Mary's, uh, you know, obviously sort of 
not I'm say neighbours, but you know they're not too far away from each other, and they 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 came home by four wickets against Highgate, a player that we've spoken about in the past, who's again one of the sort of you know sort of the premier quality players in that league, Kawa Kazmi, yeah. um, bowled a good bowled a good spell, and he's 58, not out, was crucial in getting inside mm-hmm. to home, and uh, a young guy called Nikhil Nikhil Rural hit 53, so. Harrison Mary is obviously applying some pressure to Stephanie and her and her and her club, so it's going to be an interesting next few weeks to see how that plays out. Yep. Um, bit of an upset, really, actually, in two games: Hornsey uh, and Winchester Hill both losing to um, Osterley and Enfield, respectively. Uh, Nasir Nuri hit seventy-three for Osterley in their defeat of Hornsey. We were bowled out for I think one hundred twenty-five. It might have been so. That's probably one we didn't think would happen on the on the morning of the game. Yep. So congratulations, Osterley. And then um, Enfield beating their, uh, again, near neighbours, uh, Winchmore Hill, by six wickets. Uh, Enfield bowls sort of shared the wickets around. No one really sort of stood out. And uh, they all sort of chipped in. And they go, go. another guy we keep mentioning, so, yeah, Tony Sales came in and hit a quick cameo of 30-plus to, to see his side to probably... In no time at all, it was, yeah, 20-odd balls, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to hang around, is he, in terms of what he does. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was that. Yeah, and then the, the final game print from Wembley was a draw, a hundred for Akil Greenwich, who'd um been been at the couple couple of years now, so he he's obviously settled now and he, his hundred was enough to set Wembley uh, you know, platform but couldn't get the final wicket at Brentford, so honours sort of go to Wembley in terms of the points there. Yeah, I mean I think I think it's an interesting set of results in many ways. I mean I spoke to Chef and Kevin Hornsey earlier and he he, he just said well, Hornsey didn't bat very well. He says there's there's only one place to start looking when, when things like that happen and that's in the mirror and he said in the end they, they just did not bat very well and in every respect to Osterley they bowled pretty well and they, they had a good day but certainly Hornsey were a bit un- unhappy with their, their batting performance which which makes sense 175 not, not a huge score um, but it, it does win games of cricket and Enfield I, I don't know what to make of Enfield I said this last week that they can be they can be really strong and do really well or, or they can have bad days at the office and I guess um, I guess Stan Moore are going to Gonna gonna find out about that next week. Because if I've got this right, you're off to Enfield on on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Steph, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. We'll see where that takes us. Mm. In the meantime, we'll have a few words from our sponsor. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky with so many options to choose from. How do you make the right choice when you want quality, value, and service? There really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. So moving into the region two, Sal. Um, I don't know where to start with North London. You won again, but you seem so to. Why? Yeah, you mastered the art of winning with no runs on the board. Oh, honestly, Dan. What is going on? Oh, again, these one of them ones where you're, you know, you're, you're at the break and you're thinking, not again. You know, yeah, we can't it. do it again. Oh, we have. The only positive <laughs> thing from that was we took a long time to get the runs. So I was thinking to myself, okay, it's taken forty plus overs to get eighty-three. Does that mean the wicket's obviously doing something? If that is the case, then it will, it will suit, obviously, our bowlers. But again, it's not 183, it's 83, so anything could happen. But again, you know, plaudits, hats off, go to our two, two opening bowlers. Uh, we'll actually, Freddie, Freddie's uh, obviously, we'll sort of, I wouldn't say understudy, but he's a guy in the background who, who just bowls, you know, and week in, week out. Harrow at 
third, right? So you're top, they're third. Yeah, it's a yeah, big yeah. game. And in defending 83, you looks like you did it pretty impressively. Massive win, yeah. I mean, it's obviously Will took seven for... But Freddie, he was captain for the Exile and was not... Again, we had issues with Abelis. We had, like, three players out from the first oh, team who were regular okay. players. So, Alan O'Shea being the captain was one of those. So, Freddie stood as a captain for the day. So, you know, a good day for him to, to get a win on the board. And again, we've got we've got a nice sort of lead developing. But, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a very competitive league. We've got Barnes next week who, who are getting some form going now. So, that's not going to be easy, but... Well, I see they won at Wickham House, didn't they, with 87 runs? That's quite an impressive yeah. victory. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, Wickham House is not the easiest place to go to. And they, they've they've hit a bit of a sort of a, I wouldn't say a bad patch, but a bit of a sticky period for them, not yep. getting some wins in the last couple of games, which has obviously benefited us. But, um, you know, as I said, it's one of those divisions where, you know, we say the same for all that year, I suppose, where any side in their day could beat anyone effectively. So to have a win, to win yesterday gives us that sort of bank of having that, Buffer of having that lead of, I think it's 15 points or 12 points, I'm not sure exactly. 15, yeah, um, 15. 15. Mm. Yeah, so again, we, you know, we kind of, you can lose the game effectively, can't you? But obviously, we don't want to do that. But we just need to get some runs on the board from now. Because I'm yeah. confident if we can post 200 plus, we won't lose many games at all. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the batting keeps you up and the bowling gets you up. And and if you've got strong bowlers to get get people out, then then you're always going to have a chance on even when you've only got eighty three on the board. Yeah, but it's I mean, as I said it's just what it's, it's it's a worry, isn't it? You know, you've got three games in a row where we've been bowled out. Actually, I think four maybe now, where you're looking at bowl out for less than one fifty. Um, yeah. Not in a row, but in the season so far. And but again, I mean, again, this format suits us because you know both bowlers can bowl limited over. So um, Will can I think Will and Freddie probably bowl at least. Uh, 15 yesterday, I think 14, 15 overs each yesterday. So right. that, that, that 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 helps us in regards to, to that. So, yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen next week, Sal. I mean, it's obvious, right? You're going to bat first, you're going to score what, 280 for six, and they'll knock them off inside 34 overs. You know, so if they do that, I'll take my hat. You'll leave your hat. Well, fantastic. Okay. We'll, we'll put that on Instagram. But, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it happens like that, doesn't it? That you score runs, and then suddenly, you know, the, the oppo comes to the party as well, which is why the game so... So, so wonderful. I know East Coast put a few runs on the board yesterday too. Did you see that one? Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that. So, all it needs is them kind of games. One guy to have, you know, their day for the season. And Hamza Karim had that yesterday, didn't he? 156, you know. Fantastic innings to, to score that many runs in, in what? I mean, how was they back that 50 over game? Obviously, Hamza Yeah, they back 48. So, they, they, they won, know, really. Yeah. He was around, was he? And obviously, Harpool got 50 and so they Moran was. So, they was in a strong position. And Matt Savage, who's, who's a very good bowler at that level. Took five wickets to, to to see them guys to win, which I'm sure they're really happy about. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was thinking, Steph, who are your nearest neighbours at Stanmore? What, what, what would you? I mean, is East Coast quite close to you? I'm trying to get my northwest Middlesex geography right here. Um, what East Coast and us? Yeah, yeah. So we play a lot of junior cricket with East Coast. They're, right. They're, we're big rivals and at junior level, but we're good friends as well. We play a lot of friendly cricket with them. We. Yeah. Um, I'm sending an under 14 girls team there tomorrow evening for a friendly. So we can try, we, we match ability groups and we play a lot yeah. of that kind of stuff. Um, um, from, yeah, from under eights upwards. So um, we're good friends, but we're rivals, big rivals. That's the best way to be. I yeah. That's great. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Super stuff. Moving into Division 3, Harrowtown, still going strong, Sal. Well, it's a centenary weekend for those for those guys at the it club. Is, and isn't it? Yeah, they've, they've marked it with a weekend to remember. I mean, there was I think it must have been over by probably I don't know almost probably 
Three o'clock, maybe yeah, two o'clock. Two, three, yeah. yeah. Saint Newington bowled them out for I think it was seventy-five and and got home quite comfortably. So yeah, they are obviously still unbeaten. And they're they're unbeaten. they won every game, aren't they? Eight yeah, from eight. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, again, it's one as well. You just think they're up, aren't they? I mean, obviously, they're not going to think that, but it's going to be a good sight to catch them. And also, with two going up, you know, you yeah. kind of think they have to have some monumental breakdown in the second half of the season to, to not get a promotion place. Yeah, they're 22 points clear of the winning trail finders. So that's getting on for two games. We've only had eight. And half of them have been yeah. rained off for most teams. So that's a really phenomenal, a phenomenal start. Um, and, and so even trail finders are, are 22 behind. And then Chiswick are a further eight behind them. So they're 30 points behind Harrow Town. So if they don't go up from here, then um, I, think we'll get yeah. the, I think we'll get the sort of uh, the corruption guys in. Because that would yeah. be one hell of an implosion to, to not go up from there. Um, at the bottom, I noticed Paul Headstone Manor um, continues to struggle. They're, they're on 10 points at the moment. They, uh, they lost to Actonians. Um, and I'm keeping an eye on Actonians because um, um, Matt Robinson said to us a while back that in the 10 years he's been at Actonians, none of their sides have ever been promoted or relegated. They've, they've all stayed in the same division yeah. for the past decade. And I thought, that's, that's amazing. Um, although it's looking like none of them are going to be promoted this year either. So it looks like it will carry on. Um, but yeah, so, so Headstone Manor are, um, yeah, they're struggling at the bottom. Although it's quite, quite tight. I don't know if you saw Sal, but Tau Hamlet's a fight ahead of them. And Hamwell are, are just eight ahead of Headstone Manor. So still tight down there, but not a lot of points on, uh, on offer. In terms of Division 4, um, well... London Tigers now have the biggest lead, I think, of any team in any of the divisions. 24 points ahead at the top. Did you, you follow them this weekend at all, Sal? Yeah, trying to find the scorecards. I've not been put up yet. So, yeah, I saw that. Be, yeah. Alex, Alex Fanby side quite comfortably, but I couldn't get... We can't get a normal Sammy Hyder batting watch, but <laughs> he did take two, two wickets for 12 runs. So, he obviously, he did a bit with the ball. So, you know, Sammy was ever-present again. But we don't know how many runs he scored. Yeah, well, I spoke to Alex about the game. I was quite intrigued to find out what his take on it was. And he, he just said London Tigers are the best team in the league. He said yeah. he didn't really recognise too many of the players from when they played them. Previously, that wasn't a criticism, but he just said they are. But they're, they're going to go up. They should go up. They need to go up because they're, they're a better side than, than Division 4, which is fair enough. Sometimes that happens. And um, he had no complaints. He just said they were, they were good. Um, and, and, and they've shown that, aren't they? Quite yeah, easy they yeah, and, and that, that happens, you know, once in a while. Sides just evolve into, into good places and bad places, and clearly London Tigers are, are bossing it. Anything else that you notice in the league that caught your eye? Division 4 in particular? Um, Division 4, I mean, AP obviously trying their best to sort of keep, keep tabs of them, and they're comfortable winning against Pinner, yep. winning by eight wickets. Um, and then we've obviously got um, defeats now for, for North, North London Muslims, yep. who are in a bit of a tricky position where they are. They've, they've been sort of adrift, aren't they? You yeah, know, in terms of where they are, they're also um, and Lancaster Lions. They've, they've got ten and eleven yeah. points, and they're sort of getting on for two wins off Desborough, third from bottom. So, yeah, tough one there. But with the format we play, you know, it does give teams a chance, doesn't it, to to yeah. make ground and sort of just go up that table within you know sort of four or five weeks and be and be in a good position. But yeah, work to yeah. do for both those. Absolutely, and we're not even halfway through. Yeah, it is me and you writing these these sides off. You know, three wins on the bounce, and all of a sudden your you season looks completely different, doesn't it? So exactly, we're the doom and gloom merchants. Yeah, we so. can be. Yeah, um, division five. Anything caught your eye there? So we've got uh, <coughs> K plus to the top. Um, yep. I mean, and, and they want to hang around. I'm not sure if they had some party to go to later on because obviously it was that weekend <laughs> where we thought we stripped some. It was a bowled out pressure for ninety two and got him in nine overs. So. You know, that yep. must have been a game that was also over probably quite quickly. And they, they, so they're, they're now nine points clear of Norfolk Park. 
who beat Ealing Freebridge by 55 runs. Um, a couple we mentioned last week, well, two weeks ago, at Swami Rapper. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we were following some of that, of course, because they were on four points, and, um, and and that was the lowest number of points of any side in the league. And, and yet, having spoken to the skipper, um, you know, he certainly felt they weren't that bad. And I guess most captains, you would hope, would say that. You don't want your captain to say, oh, we're a load of rubbish. But, but he, he, you know, he was saying, look, look at our scores. We keep bowling sides out, often for less than 100, but we can't score any runs. And so, um, Shikhan Karai, um, I don't touch them this week, because they were in a a right ding-dong-do of a game. They, they were in a, a scores-level draw um, against uh, Priory Park. And, and this is one of those, the, the, those ones where it sometimes takes a bit of explaining because people would assume that if somebody proper get 187, which they did, and Priory Park get 187, which they did, that it's a tie. But it isn't. Because Sawyer Bapper were all out of 50.3 overs and Priory Park ran out, of tie, ran, ran out of overs. They were 187 for 8 off 49. So they weren't all out. Um, and so Priory Park scored at a faster rate, so they get the winning draw. Now, that only tells you a small portion of the story of this game, because, first of all, it gets Swami Bapa, um, you know, it gets Swami Bapa more points, so they, they can, you know, that, that, that's good, that, that, that they can start to move a little bit further north. Um, but the way that the, 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 the game panned out was really interesting, because, first of all, it, it looks like Swami Bapa got a batsman who can bat. Um, Avnish Koda got 43 not out. You know, which is a decent knock in terms of what they've been managing thus far this season. And he played very well last week as well. So fingers crossed for them that they, they've managed to get someone there who can, who can play. What's more, Priory Park were started off very slowly, chasing 187. They were 9 for 2 off 10. So that is a rather slow start. Then they had a collapse. And Priory Park needed 101 when skipper uh, Hamyun Christ went out to, to the middle. So they needed 101 to win with two wickets left. Now, you'd have thought Tommy Bapper would be like, OK, we, we have got to win this week. This is the week. We've got okay. two wickets. We've got, they're, they're 80 for eight. We're going to do it. Um, and, you know, I spoke to, uh, I spoke to Shrikan and, and he, he gave me a great line. He said, look, the batsmen, they dug in, they got set, and the bowlers, they got knackered. Um, so he said basically that, that Nitin um, Chidar, who batted at number six uh, for Priory Park, and the skipper, uh, Hamu and Chris, they, 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 they set their stall out, they took their time, and they, they went deep. They went all the way through to, to the end. And they ended up with, with 31 for the skipper and, and 77 out for Nitin Chidar. So, that's a, so Priory Park really sort of put themselves together, got to the final over, and they did 12 to win off the final over. First ball went for four. Fourth ball went for six, so it's now Priory Parks to win. They need two ball- they got two balls to get two runs. Um, basically, they, they they then I wouldn't say choke. That's the wrong word, but they then find it difficult. Um, the, the, the bowler uh, Sninghal Jishani bowls a great penultimate ball. They need two off the last ball. Hamilton Chris middles it. He smashes it straight to the fielder, so they get one. Scores level uh, and the game is officially a draw. So, Sami Bapper, roller coaster ride. Um, I had a great explanation from both captains actually about the day. It was a fantastic game of cricket and um, and neither side managed to, to come out on top. So, Sami Bapper moving forward, Sal, that's the story to take home from this. But I'm, you know, they really do still have a bit of ground to, to make up. They're 24 points behind Priory Park. That's quite a lot of points to gain when you're not winning any. But I will keep an eye on this for you. I want to find out how it goes. And certainly, they, they, they believe. Good on them. You have to, don't you? I mean, I mean getting that close, they must be seeing the, you know, in the horizon something coming their way. Yeah. Positive result. What's the party going to be like when they finally win? 
Oh, let's get invited to Dan. Yeah, I, I want in. I want in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You'll be first on the list. Yeah, I, I'm over there. So, um, so we, we will keep an eye on them because certainly it sounds like a wonderful game of cricket. And um, you know, and respect due to both sides really, because because Priory Park as well came back phenomenally from from a pretty desperate position to to, to almost win it and then not quite win it. So, um, good on all concerned. In terms of Division Six, Sam, what do we need to know? Anything catch your eye there? See Victoria Park still on a, on, a, on a good sort of run. Yeah, still going strong. Yep, six points clear. Are they down? They are now. Yeah, yeah. They beat Harrow Millennium at the weekend, so mm. um, so that's that, that's put them in a in a good spot. Um, and Northolt Manor, second place, they beat Bahani by 108. So um, so the top two uh, doing doing pretty well there. And and the top one in Division Seven, Stallions. Don't know much about Stallions, but I know they keep winning. Uh, that they mm. won by 60 runs against um, Pecos, um, and that was two three eight. We won seven eight. So they. Are top of the pile um, there as well. In terms of the other bits and bobs around the league, there was, as ever, we tried to follow sort of some of the, the highs and the lows. Um, from the high scores, there was a few few runs about um, this week. Sal, did you pick up any three hundred pluses? Yeah, it seemed to be at least. I mean, obviously you mentioned East Cape when we were ready. He scored three hundred eight for five against uh, the Titans. That's a top first run score of the day. Yep, three hundred eight. Good, good day for Winchester Hill twos. Three twenty for two against Wembley. Um, actually, did their best to get back into the game and scored. <coughs> sorry, who scored two seven two for seven or fifty one? So that's obviously a run fest. Yep, and that then the looks of it there at the hill. Yeah, it does indeed. And then Wickham House again, three two one for four or forty two. So that's a good deck from them guys. Yep, um, finished that early, and then unfortunately couldn't bowl Wembley out. Who finished on one eight eight eight, eight for six? Can, can I mention that Wembley's bowling might have been a bit weak this week? Go for it. Yeah, the two, the two as Wembley twos who conceded three twenty and Wembley threes who conceded three twenty one. Perhaps their their are all on holiday. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, also away this weekend as well. Yeah, yeah. and I know I know um, this can be a real bugbear for you, Dan. Before I mentioned actually K plus, I'll mention them first. Yep. Their two also nearly hit three fifty, scoring three four eight for seven or forty five to beat Bahani, who will one six eight all out, and then. Uh, actually, the skipper Cameron Trevedi scored 104, but this is really going to annoy you now, isn't it, Dan? Yes. When I mentioned the wide but, count. I mean, you, you can see, can't you? Go on, Dan. I'll let you talk about this. Well, that's going to take you back up. It. I mean, 42 wides in a limited over game is is not great, but 42 wides in a timed game of cricket. What? Well, I, I mean, is someone misinterpreting the wides rule? Being brutally honest, are they giving one day wides? Or, or my goodness me, that must have been heinous to watch. If if they're not, if they're proper wides and there were 42 of them, or maybe a keeper had a bad day, Sal. That, that's an option. Maybe the, the wide went and every wide was a five. I'm trying to help oh, them out okay. here, but yeah, four, yeah. 42 wides in a time though, time game of cricket. That's that's something to be improved on, shall we say. That is a lot. Yeah. And in terms of the low scores, I mean, obviously we, we, we mentioned um, Harrow. Didn't do so well against North London in 47, but was there uh, anything a bit lower than that? Well, we've seen um, Southgate 3, they were, you know, yeah, trouble this year. I mean, they are really backs against the wall for those guys at the moment and Saturday another example 27 all out against Acton who were home in 4.4 so I mean that must be the earliest finish of the day I mean you're looking at what, what an hour to play cricket maybe there do you reckon yeah it could be half one there couldn't you yeah could yeah. well have been yeah, yeah Southgate's struggling for sure that's the division that obviously Twickenham 3 is playing so we, we played them in a couple of weeks and I, I've heard from a couple of sides that they're, they're finding it quite tough and, and again some sides have, have good periods and sometimes struggle. Some sides struggle, and I think Southgate threes in particular are, are definitely are definitely having a tough a tough time of it. it we've all been there at, at times in our cricket and career, and you know, hope they don't find their form against Twickenham in a couple of weeks. But I do hope that you know that they manage to, to be a bit more competitive. It's not good for anybody to be bowled out twenty seven and such low scores on a regular basis. 
I wanted to fill in one other thing. So we've talked about the way that Crouchain can score quickly. And we mentioned Sam and Diaz scoring, you know, an 18-ball 50. But they do go the other way, you know. Crouchain fives this week. They, they win what I would call the dig-in award of the day. Crouchain mm-hmm. fives were, were chasing 259 uh, um, against Bronsbury. Uh, Bronsbury batted for 48 overs and they gave Crouchain 44. And Crouchain fives uh, were not remotely interested in going for it at any point. And, and I think that their line was, we haven't got the batting. You know, we're not strong enough. And so 44 overs, they were 65 for seven. Oh, love that. Yeah, that, that's... Not sure a Bronsby player, you won't love that, but, you know... Yeah. You have to admire the, the, like you said, the digging mentality there. Yep. I mean, like Simon Tanner, uh, uh, you know, a Crouchain stalwart of, of many mm. years, he opened and got four off 79 balls, which I thought was, you know, for an opener, it was pretty... I'd love to know about the four. Was it an edge to third man or something, do you think? I mean, I... Yeah. I, yeah. But, uh, so, so digging award of the day definitely goes to Crouchain fives uh, in Division 5A for 65 for seven or 44, and Simon Tanner in particular for, for four off 79 balls. And, of course, Bond couldn't bowl them out, so part of the game of cricket is he got a ball side eight so it was a drawn game in terms of our eight wins out of eight we're still at two sides right yeah still still the same two as last week Harrowtown Crouching for 11 they keep going strong one. Yeah, yeah I mean again this week who's going to who's it's like a last man standing comp now isn't it really who's going to be the team that stays unbeaten yeah well, if they go to the next week, of course, they've gone the entire first half of the season. And given the, the rain that we've had, and given that some of the games have been time cricket, it would be pretty impressive to be nine wins out of nine. So let's we'll keep an eye on that, how those two sides go um, go next week. And I'm actually likely to be playing at Harrowtown 3s. So if Harrowtown 1s are at home, I'll, uh, I'll wander over and have a good look to see, see how they're getting on. Other news, Sal, what else has been going on? So we've had some cup games taking place this week and last weekend. And first of all, hats off, well, congratulations to Ealing. Still flying the flag for us in the national. Yep. Beat Aston Rowan today in by five wickets. Uh, low scoring game. Bowled Aston Rowan for 117 and wasn't so easy on, on, in reply. Um, Ex Finchy West Morick, obviously quite a few oh, guys. You'll yeah. know him. Two for 25 for for, for Aston Rowan. But Scott Ensom, who's now you know we've mentioned in the past a bona fide all rounder in the league, scored 58 and was one of the old come well not so the old old guard but. You know, Lee, Lee won't mention, won't mind me saying this. Lee Parry oh, yeah. came in. We can, we can accept that. Yeah. I mean, he's a legend of the game. He is top bloke. I'm sure Stephanie's had a few good chats with him in the past. Um, he, he, he was 12 not out, so saw this side home. Who, so, Ealing will now go into the last 16 of the competition, which is a great achievement, seeing as we mentioned in the past how the rules have changed. And they're going to be playing against Weybridge, who. Oh. Beated the skirt. Yeah, they beat the scourge of, of the league so far, East Molsey, today. Do you want me to tell you a story um, about Lee Perry? We'd love oh, yes. to hear about Lee Perry, yes. yes. When my boys were little, they used to bring their bicycles to Stanmore. I'm talking about like eight or nine years old. They used to bring their bicycles to Stanmore on a Saturday. In fact, we used to keep them at Stanmore, I think. And they used to ride around the field on a Saturday afternoon. And he came there the one year to play against Stanmore in the first team. And he, uh, he told me because obviously there's a bit of a South African connection there. And he told me that, um, I don't know, whichever one of them, the, sad, his sad, the saddle of his bike needs to be raised. Why is he... So I said, I, I don't know. What do I know about these things? <laughs> so he said at lunch or whatever the break was, he went to his car and he got whatever he needed, a spanner or something, and he fixed the saddle. And every year after that, that he came back to Stanmore, he'd put the saddle up. <laughs> Another knot. That's brilliant. I'll never That's forget good. that. We used to, we always used to wait for Ealing to come to Stanmore so that the saddle on the bicycles could go up another notch. 
So if anyone's got any bicycle issues, then they need to get themselves off the Corfton Road and ask for exactly, Mr. Parry. Exactly, exactly. Oh. Lovely man. Brilliant. And he hits the, he hits the ball a long way as yeah. well. He's a, he's, a, he's a pretty special club cricketer too. Yeah. Jack of all trades by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stanley Club, club yeah, cricket, sorry, I think. Stanmore have been playing club cricket too, have they? Is that right, this weekend? Uh, cup cricket, yeah. We played, fin- we beat Finchley today, actually, in the Conference Cup. Close game, or? Yeah, it really was. We um, we had a lot of our, we had a lot of youngsters playing for the first time. First team debuts for at least, I think, three of our um, kind of, un- well, one under 15, two under 17s. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, one of them's played before, but anyway... Um, we batted first and scored 212 um, in our 45 overs. They were pretty much on track to get it. Um, and I think we landed up bowling them out. They they needed something like nine off of the last five overs or something like that. We oh. ended up taking that the last wicket. Mark came on and bowled like the last two overs. Um, so yep. it was a really close, tight finish game. Really exciting game to watch. It was brilliant. I always feel a bit for Finchley there because, I mean, when you're down the bottom, you, you just can't go over the line, can you? And yesterday, they, they didn't have to lose against us yesterday. I think we were always just about on top. But when you're struggling, it, it doesn't happen. You know, it's you, a you very can... young side. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. Going back to the Ealing Roadbridge game then, so, do you know where it is? Is it at Corfton Road or is it at, yeah, on the green? Ealing are at home. It's going to be Ealing. Um, I mean, it's not going to be an easy game, we've mentioned already. And the, I mean... Nick Compton's playing for Weybridge this season, so obviously him having him in their ranks is going to be. Is he? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't know. It's going to be a tough one. Sunday, the 18th of July, is the day that's penciled in so far. So yeah, yeah. So it'd be good if we can get a few, you know, yeah, people down to support Ealing and in into, into. I mean, they played them two years ago and, and they beat them, but I think the side Weybridge this year is obviously a little bit stronger. But you know, Ealing have been that competition and they know how to play. So you know, I'm sure they'll go in there confident. Of going into the last eight. Sounds good. Sounds good. And there's been a bit of a rumble in the T20, hasn't there? Um, yeah. North Middlesex are no longer in it, if I've got this right. Yes, I also mentioned last week the, the competition that took place at North Middlesex. So, North Middlesex have been, um, I wouldn't say kicked out, but they've been, uh, they're no longer in the they've competition. They've out. <laughs> yeah, they have been. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. I'll say in that kind of way. But yeah, so they're out of the competition now. They won it, obviously, last week and they're, to get to the final, their stage. Um, but they sort of the regulations state they can't have um, the two boys playing Holman and Cracknell. I'm not sure the ins and outs of it entirely. I mean, Stan, actually, maybe Stephanie can elaborate if she does know more. Um, so now means that Bronsbury and Stanmore both back in the competition and then we'll play each other to see who goes to play Ealing in the final. Correct. Hmm. So they, it was their age that was the problem, I think, wasn't it? They were they were above. You could have one person above a certain age who's a contracted player, and they played two. No, I don't even think so. I, oh, okay. um, I think that both of them had played the required amount of first class or vitality blast with all of it. Um, okay. Uh, although I did see, I saw Joe Cracknell, and he said, "Oh, had had that game been played a week before, I would have been able to play it." So. I don't know if it was because of his birthday or maybe because he played another T20 game. I, I don't really know. Yeah, well, both of them are plausible, aren't they? Because, I mean, he has played yeah. a few T20 games in the last last few days and weeks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also a bit slow when a side gets knocked down the technicality. That's not a, a reasonably confusing one as well, to be honest, yeah. just from what I've heard. But there, there we are. 
Um, good, good. Last thing we wanted to, to, to flag up, um, Steph, was, was about about discipline and, and not to sort of, you know, get you to, to, to tell the tale of well of, of, of people who've crossed the line, but more about process, to be honest. I mean, how does it work? How do things land on your desk? Um, do they come from, from umpires? Do they come from the league? Do, do they come from captains? Um, wh- wh- how, does it, how does it work in practice? So... On a Saturday night, mostly on a Saturday night, sometimes they filter through on a Sunday as well. The umpires make their report, which goes to, I think Paul Smith gets those emails and then he forwards them on to me and he'll copy in, he might copy in some of the others on the committee, um, but he forwards them on to me and then that that's kind of his role done. Um, and then it's for me to have a look and assess and then reply within a period of time, a, a, a quick period of time. So I know like last night, uh, I'm not going to go into specifically what came in, but I had three reports come in last night. Um, right. One of two of them actually are a deal with games and clubs that are in the same division as Stamor. So I recuse oh, myself yeah. from those. Yeah, I don't yeah. get involved in disciplinaries with clubs in the same division as Stamel because obviously then if somebody's banned from playing, it's in Stamel's, it yeah. might be in Stamel's best interest, so I shouldn't be involved in that. So Laurie will take that on or Keir, um, one of them will kind of agree to do it. Um, for me, I think because I've just started new, last season was my first season, I took it over basically um, and tried to understand what had been happening before this and and so just kind of went with a pretty mandatory approach this season i've been trying to understand it a little bit better and put my own personality into it um trying to be consistent though with the rules um i think for me i've tried to start everybody off with a clean slate so if you had a disciplinary three years ago and maybe Kieran Laurie remember that i said that's fine but i'm not interested i'm going to give that person a clean slate from the beginning now and then their history now starts with me going forward. But if they discipline for something now and I have to hear their name again this season or next season, then I'll deal with them, in, you know, I'll deal with them sufficiently then. Um, but I'm happy. That's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, the offenders deserve to be treated accordingly. In that with sense, me, yeah. 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 Um, and then I think the time scale is something like 24 to 48 hours so that people have time mm. to know before selection for next week's game. Um, the most... The, the most basic things that are coming through are descent to umpires. Descent to umpires, which is a level one C breach um, and and willful um, malicious damage, not malicious, willful damage to the ground or equipment. Oh, like checking your bat or something. Yeah, throwing yeah. your bat, exactly, mm. exactly. Um, and they carry mandatory sentences or mandatory kind of punishments of two match bans, which we tend to say, mm. or I tend to say if it's a person's first offence, that... Um, it's a two-match ban with one match suspended, and okay. pretty pretty mandatory um, on that. Um, there have been one or two slight exceptions where I felt that there have been different different elements of other things involved, so might have changed my mind. But um, I think we have to err on the side of supporting the umpires um, yeah. because everybody wants to spend a day at cricket without incident. And even one incident is one incident too many. And if people just get that message that nothing, you know, that the if it's that, if it's bad enough that the umpires felt that they had to report it, then it will be dealt with. Just to try and stamp that out. And it's it's difficult that I empathise with the players. I empathise with their frustrations yeah. as well. Um, but they have to understand that 
just don't say anything because it will be held against you. You know, it's not going to, umpire's not going to change their decision. So, yeah. yeah. I think that makes sense. I mean, umpires will get stuff wrong, but um, don't we all, you know? Yeah. I've played, God, like thousands of rubbish shots in my career. They're pretty heinous mistakes, but yeah. umpires will make a bad decision. Yeah. And uh, much as I, you know, we've all been there, where we've been annoyed, not sure the league can really say, oh, yeah, yours was particularly bad, therefore you're okay to call him a X, Y, Z. That's not a position you can really defend, is it? So I haven't just had... How many emails do, or, or how many? Yeah, how many emails would you say you get on average a week? Is is three or four about the norm? Yeah, uh, yes, I would say at the moment three or four. Okay. Yeah, five okay. is a bad week. Okay, but still, again, we, we said this at the beginning. This is your Saturday night, right? Or this is your Sunday morning? And you and it's actually should... becoming my Monday morning because ah. I find by the time, like the three that I had last night, um, I can't. I've seen them. I've looked at them. I've th- and I'll think about them, and then I'll deal with them first thing tomorrow morning. I'll send them my email. I just don't have time with sure. um, everything else, especially when we're playing cup cricket on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, by the time you get home, it's just too late to do anything. Um, um, but yeah, it is. That's why I say yeah. first offence, you know. But second offence, you're wasting my time. So. Yeah, seems uh, fair enough. And all of your decisions, or the league's decisions, of course, you're, you're representing the league there. They're published on the MCCI website, aren't they? I've certainly seen lists on there. Yeah. They are. Nick publishes set, them. Yeah. Right. Is so there a set day each week where they go up, or is it every other week, or, or just as and when you have them? No. Uh, uh, what? Uh, what gets put on the MCCI website? Yeah. Yeah, I think he updates it every week. Nick Brown does it. Right. I, I'll cop- So what I'll do is, whatever my report is, I'll send to him, and he forwards that on to whichever club secretary that is. And then at the same time, he then puts that onto the website. Makes a lot of sense. There's a pretty standard. Yeah. I mean, the rules and regulations, which are actually on, I'm sure that they're on the website, um, are pretty specific about what offences there are and then what the tariff is for that offence and what your rights are, I suppose, of rights of appeal. Um, yeah. So if anyone's got any questions, then to be honest, they just need to have a good look at the Canada yeah. League website because uh, the, the guidelines are on there and, and they really are. I mean, I've, I've seen them at various times. So, mm. um, super, that, that's really useful, Seth, to be honest, because I bet there's a lot of people out there who had a vague idea. Um, one, and, and can I say one more thing? Sure. Um, I, which, just to try and help the players, because I do sense the frustration sometimes when a player says something like, oh, no, umpire, why me? Why again? You know, he yeah, didn't yeah. swear. He didn't. He didn't sway, he didn't throw his bad, he just absolute frustration of like, oh no, why again, why me, every time, yeah. you know, um, um, go and have a chat with the umpire after the game, apologise, try and convince them not to submit a report, because once a report comes, there's so little that we can do other than uh, yeah. follow the guidelines of what we have to do, but sometimes I feel really sad for the, for the players, because I kind of get the frustration of, oh no, umpire, why me? You know, um, if they use a bad, if they use a swear word, then I, I have no... You're struggling, aren't you? Yeah, you've got... Yeah. You've got, yeah. It's the ones that don't use swear words, but still get done. That seems yeah. a bit, that's really hard. And um, honestly, um, just go and say sorry to them properly after the game and say, please, um, don't report me. You know, my team needs me. Get your captain to come and do the same. They don't help themselves when they don't hang around afterwards. Because there is a thing on the umpire's report that says, did the player make themselves available after the game? Um, okay. to chat with the umpires. Similarly, did the umpire make himself available for the players? But that, I think, is quite a, quite a, it could be, it could be the difference sometimes between being reported and not being reported. Yeah. So There's context, isn't there, as you say? Sometimes it's just, I'm on a bad run of form, I keep getting goddamn well out, yeah. and it's happened again. You yeah. know? And if that 
you know, if that can be explained to an umpire, providing you haven't been totally ridiculous, yeah. then um, yeah. umpires are human too, aren't they? Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And you also get them on a day where they feel like, why should I be standing here and taking all of this? You know, but yeah. if, you, if you kind of go and have a chat with them afterwards, um, save me a lot of work anyway. But as I say, once it comes through to us, we kind of have to deal with it. So um, don't have much discretion. Makes a lot of sense to me. Yep. Um, Good stuff. Sound. Anything else that we need to cover? Any, any last thoughts before we wind up? I just want to actually support what um, Stephanie says about the umpires, and you know, it's, and you said your same thing yourself. You know, now I'm doing the job itself. It's a, it's, it's a mistake we're going to make. It's not going to be done on, with any intent. Um, <laughs> and also, I don't think players actually sometimes understand the work umpires have to do. So, I would recommend a, a podcast I heard the other day. Obviously, you don't plug too many podcasts. Obviously, one asked to be the most. Well, so it's not as good as ours, obviously. No, but it's, probably, yeah. it's called The Last Wicket, and it was one of our umpires, um, Amit yeah. Sangakar, was on it. And he talks about what he has to do as an umpire in preparation for a game and actually on the day as well of the game. So it's worthwhile listening, you know, get some really good insights on what the work umpires have to do. So it may make players think again before they have that rant about decision going against their way um, and maybe just thinking again before they decide to say anything because. You know, decisions that umpires will give, as I said, will just be, be genuine and honest decisions that they think is the right one at the time. So, yeah, yeah with my umpires hat on, that's what I've got to say. Yeah, makes sense. Last question, folks, not cricket related, but I need a one word answer. Tuesday night, England play Germany. <laughs> Which way is it going to go? <laughs> I don't care how disinterested you may be in football, I want an answer. Do anyone know one. what football is? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's <laughs> such a South African answer. Still. I get this at Twickenham all the time. You know, Eugene Berger just thrives on winding football fans up and he does it wonderfully well. Sal, you're a football man. England. Although, Stephanie, I thought one of the South African players was related to your family or something. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, you're yeah, boys of... um, My nephew. Um, yeah, he's a national yeah. player, isn't he? What's that? Does he play for the national team, doesn't he? Yeah, not, uh, yeah, he does. He was the captain of the South African team for a while. Um, but, what? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know this. <laughs> Great stuff. Mark name check. Sisters. Mark's sister's son. Yeah. Wow. And his name is? His name is? Dean Furman. There you go. Mm. Right, that's... That, I'll have to look Dean up. I mean, this, he, this is great. He's be, don't, do not put this in the cut pass. He's been... Um, he was at Carlisle this season. He grew up He grew up locally, yeah, and he was spotted by Radlett Rangers. He was at Radlett Rangers, then he went to Chelsea until he was 18, and then he went to Scotland Rangers. And then he... Yeah, in Glasgow, yeah. In Glasgow, yeah. Um, and then he, he, I think he just spent the last five years in South Africa playing pro there mm-hmm. in Joburg and playing for the South African team. But they've just had a baby and come back to live here now. Well, I love your disdain for football, though, even though that you've got a clear link to football. I love the fact it's just uh, not your game. That's Mark, played, Mark played professionally in South Africa as well when we were first married. Yeah. It's all coming out now. This is yeah. just a, a podcast of revelations. <laughs> this is brilliant. I know I'm about football. Here, I choose me, not to know. What's that? Dan will be trying to get Mark Paper with the Vets team now. Yeah, no, I know that. Um, yeah, next time I cross past him, Mark. Him up. It's not far from Stanmore to Twickenham, really, on a Thursday <laughs> night, surely. He's too old. He's too old. Well, you say that. We are a Vets team full of old people. That, that's not a legitimate excuse, but I think the distance <laughs> might, might prove yeah. in the end. Great stuff. Guys, thanks ever so much for your time. Um, we kind of had a lot of ground there, and it's been really interesting. Um, We'll see how we go next weekend. Sal, we'll reconvene then and stuff. Hopefully, have you on again soon. So, Thank thanks for your time. You. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Enjoy. Okay. Thank you, Steph. Cheers, everyone. Thanks. Really coming on. Cheers. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.